0: coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw avoid void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus howdy folks happy monday uh we're in the i guess this would be the dog days of summer you uh, know it's um, it hasn't been it hasn't been like 90 plus usual uh, ridiculous humid buffalo August, which is a little strange. And then uh, over the weekend, the temperature dipped into the high 60s, which was nice at, at night to, to sleep in. So I can't complain about the weather for once, Russ. Uh, I just want I just want to complain about this though. If you didn't know what you were doing in terms of going out to shop for certain items, you could really get taken to the cleaners and I won't name the name of the, the store, but it's a well known for a home furniture place, uh, a, a national chain. Um, was and now I was not going in there for this, but I was looking for an Adirondack deck chair, you know, like the, you could buy them for pl- plastic ones for 20 bucks, but I wanted to get a wooden one that lasts for years. So, I've gone into some of the hardware places or Home Depot and they're anywhere from a hundred to 200 bucks for a good for a good one I walk into this furniture place and they have an Adirondack chair and it looks really good and then I look at the at the price tag 500 dollars I almost threw I asked the, the the person who worked there is this mislabeled they said oh no it's that's how much it is I'm like okay good luck selling that It's unbelievable. It's the Kevin. It's the same same chair, the same. uh, um, uh, It's not wood, but it's like a poly polymer wood combo. Mm -hmm. It's the same material that you would buy at Home Depot for five times less. Yeah. Go get it.
1: Yeah, and then but they'll be able to consult their manager and say we'll we'll come back with you. You know, we'll give you this for uh, only three hundred dollars, and you'll feel like you got a good deal. You know, if you don't haven't priced them before, so yeah, that's the way they kind of do things.
2: All right, right. so let's talk. um, Yesterday, a um, I would say pretty well known uh, WFAN personality put out his top fifteen New York athletes list. A lot of times he does overnights, but But he's a well-known guy i think he's a good guy but this list this list is missing a little something uh i'll go quickly from 15 to 10 and then we could start naming guys but you can start guessing but 15 he has makai becton 14 he has barzell 13 he has rj barrett from the knicks who i wouldn't have 12 he has jeff mcneil from the mets who i wouldn't have and i love jeff mcneil 11 is dj Lemayhu. i don't think i'd have him either um i'd have so. him i'd have him he won a bad ale, ale batting yeah how's he doing this year mike
1: yeah but he's still got
0: some popularity
2: okay so number 10 who is number 10. he's a football player i'll tell you that
0: okay so it's not it's definitely not sam darnold is it daniel jones? Somebody from
2: buffalo because it's just when they talk new york yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: it's gotta be then it would be somebody good then um uh then Dan, daniel jones no running back oh uh, um Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley okay okay number nine is a hockey player
2: but it's probably not the hockey player you would think would be like in number nine
0: John Tavares
2: but he's no but this guy's a great hockey player great hockey player Yes. the reason I say I will give a spoiler and tell you
0: that Adam Fox is not in the list he won a Norris but he's not in this list. See that the, here. That's the crime here. Makai Becton is yeah. on the list. McNeil is on the list, and Adam Fox, who won a Norris, is not. Which is kind of crazy. Ridiculous. Okay, so we go and we say next
2: one is a basketball player on the Nets.
0: Oh, um, um, Durant. Who Durant? No, Kyrie. Come on, Kyrie.
2: Yeah, Kyrie is number eight.
0: I, I'd take New him off on general principle, but anyway.
2: The next – yeah, but he it's fair. Next one is a pitcher from the Yankees. Cole. Yep. The next one is a New York Mets slugger, but he should be higher on this list. Alonzo. Alonzo. Yeah. Number five is a – sometimes Brooklyn Nets great. Harden. Harden. And I say sometimes because half the time he doesn't play. Um, I
0: Neither mean, does Kyrie, but for other reasons.
2: Just for personal sake, and I think for consistency's sake, I would have Alonzo ahead of Harden. If it were me, I'm not sure where you guys fall on that, but he's a consistent 30 home run or more guy every year, which in New York is hard to find anyhow with the pressure. Number four is a New York Nick, and I'm not sure I put him this high.
0: Oh, uh, Randall. Yeah, Julius Randall. That's what? ridiculous. He's he had, had a good one year. Ridiculous.
2: But, yeah, he had a great year, but, like, that's kind of rough off a great year. Number three, you just have to guess it now. Judge. Aaron Judge, which is fine. I, I'm i okay. Number two, you just have to guess it.
0: Well, I know who number one is, so it's, it. you know, yeah. it, it's DeGrom. So, right. number two – it's not a giant. It's not a. Gi- Pumlin, no. It's a. Oh, it's Durant. Okay, Durant. It's right. Yeah. We know just- so, Yeah. Duh.
2: The, the big thing on this, the takeaway for me on this cab was, it's been many, many years, in the New York area, that somebody thought a pitcher was the best athlete in the New York Metro area. A lot of times it's a quarterback. A lot of times, you know it. At least there were a few hockey players, but they should have had Adam Fox. But I can't remember the last time that they mentioned a pitcher like that as the best, other than guys like Tom Seaver. Like it really has been yeah. many, many, many years.
1: And have. Uh, I I can see that. Although Degrom is a Degrom is a, a special case. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. so dominant, and um, you know, I I see that. Even with uh, you know Randall, you know, sports is even if it's one good season, you know, catapults you, you know, with fan base, you know, so. It's, it's true. Next uh, year,
2: like, Zach Wilson will be in that list somewhere. Yeah.
0: If he does another one.
1: Well, I, I have and to say. But, but that doesn't explain why Adam Fox isn't on the list. Right. No,
0: nothing explains that. Yeah. yeah. I, ha- I have to say I'm stunned that John Carlos Stanton is not on the list. <laughs> stunned. <laughs> um, now, if you want it to be fair, though, yes. if we really want it to be fair, I think in the –
2: Somewhere between 10 and 15, Varlamov should probably be in there. Because this is a guy who had a, a, a tremendous year. Yeah. The Islanders went really far, but he doesn't get any press at all in the area. He really well, doesn't.
1: Does that speak to the fact the Islanders don't get as much love as they probably I they, deserve? I
2: they do. I mean, they, they get, I think they get more love now than they have in the last five years. So I do think they get it and they've got a new re- arena coming. So I think they're going to, be present in that. well nah, it's just whatever varlamov I just he's he's a guy that probably should have made the
0: list. Well, if Ak was doing the list on number three behind Degrom and Durant, definitely would have been Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get started. <laughs> Hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, August sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I'm Kevin Allen, Hockey Buzz. And I'm Michael Logello and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. All right, we've got a lot of contract signings, which are always exciting and thrilling, but we're going to go through some of them. Um, but, you know, some some fairly significant ones. Um, the one that sort of took me back, and we can talk about this one, the start off is UC Sorrow signing a four-year deal with the uh, Nashville Predators. Four-year, $20 million deal. Uh, Kev, it's the exact same deal that Linus Allmark signed with uh, with Boston. So Linus Allmark was the youngest and I think probably the best of the free agent goaltender class. Um, you could debate maybe Frederick Anderson. Saros, I believe was an RFA with arbitration rights and then was close to ufa he's 26 so he's i think he would have been ufa next year so this is a significant contract i I, you know we'll debate this i'm I'm sure russ is not on board with this one but what did you think of this contract
1: well i I just thought it was too long like i i'm reluctant to give goalies you know like three years to me seems like the max i mean obviously there's gonna be some circumstances where you're gonna have to do that but you know i said the same thing with Allmark signing in boston uh, you know, like he was the best available younger goalie, but that doesn't mean he's proven. Like, what do we really know about him? Like, it, you know, I, I thought he played well for the Sabers last season, but we don't know whether he can carry the load, shoulder the burden, uh, all of that. And you know, you see it's the same way. I, I don't, you know, I'm not so sure. I, he was pretty good last year, but you know, four years just seemed like too much, and. You know, I'm not sure five million, I would have given five million to either one of those guys.
0: Well, Russ, right? the, the 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 questions regarding Allmark were twofold. One, like Kevin said, his ability to play in pressure because he had no pressure in Buffalo. Buffalo was at the bottom of the league, so no pressure at all. And his durability. He's been injured every year, I think the last three seasons um and i know that i dwell on it on durability but i'm just saying you know when you're when you're signing a goaltender and you've had tuka rask being dependable over the last few years you want your goalie to be there and if he's not there swayman is a rookie and who knows what will happen with saros he took over for Rene. Rene was fading was at the last year of his career had a really good year played pretty well in the playoffs but i know that you had questions about saros over the last few years
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this last year was a career year for him, and I think he's getting paid off a career year. I think – do I think he's the 927 guy that sort of carried himself through the playoffs? No, but he did. Do I think he's the 890 guy? No, but I think he's probably like the 912, 914 guy that we've been seeing. And why am I giving him four years? Ascarov, from what I read online, his contract runs out in 2022. You have now just given him license – to go and re-up for at least one maybe two more years with SKA over in the khl because there's no way he's coming over when you're gonna say well you know what first year go go to milwaukee he's not gonna go to milwaukee well so no he's, he's, not he's not gonna, he's, gonna go to hold on okay so let's say he extends for two years mm-hmm. so two years then he comes over then if he's better than UC Saros when he comes over, which is possible because he had a 950 this year in the KHL, mm-hmm. uh, and he's probably only going to come over if they say you're going to, you know, have a chance at the job. Right? Do you want UC Saros as a five million dollar backup? That's the that's my thing. And at some point, he is going to be. The question will be: will be he, he be the five million dollar backup for one year or two years? That's the problem.
0: Okay. Now we know we know that teams can go through a whole bunch of chicanery to get players to come over in terms of upping the bonuses things of that nature you know they could have askarov come over at the end of this season or next season, depending on his KHL contract and burn a year of of his ELC. So he gets to RFA in two years instead of three years. I'll bet you that that will be part of it, but Russ, he's got to burn off the ELC before he has any kind of leverage to get, to get any kind of money or, 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 you know, like, I, I mean, I care about the money
2: as much as the playing. And right now that contract tells Askarov and his agent, Okay, this guy's the starter, so you might as well stay over in Russia for a while.
0: He's the starter for now, Kevin. I I, I think that you know they, yeah. they have confidence, but I in a league where goaltending there is a dearth of goaltending.
1: Yeah, I it, don't it, think
0: they have trouble trouble getting rid of Saros if, if Askarov comes over. Well, well,
1: yeah, but in general, I I agree with Russ, but where I disagree is um, I think Askarov is one of those cocky guys who you know, just believes he's going to win the job, you know, regardless. Uh, So I, I think he would just, uh, you know, when he's ready, he's going to come over, you know, and, and, you know, and his leverage is he's a Scaroff. Like, you know, like the Predators want him, you know, they want him to come over and they don't want him staying in Russia all that time. I mean, you know, if he's tearing it up, like if he has Sorokin like numbers, remember how good Sorokin's numbers were, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the fan base going to say if, uh, Saros is just you know just uh, average you know and you know he's playing over there and the athletic and all and the Nashville the Tennessean are writing stories about how good this guy is so um you know I I, I don't think it's going to take three years to get him over here I think he's going to be over here sooner and well, I think
2: he is okay then what about the situation Kev where he could be a five million dollar backup because well don't think-
1: I, I, that's their own fault because yeah. you know they shouldn't be doing that I I I, I think they'd they they'd rather have a $5 million backup than not have a premium um, guy like Eskaroff coming over as quick as possible.
0: And just think, Russ, they're twice as better off than Florida because Florida's got a $10 million backup. You no, know, but
2: here's yeah. the funny thing. Okay, so this is what I always talk about with, with cap <clears throat> mismanagement. We always look at it and say, yeah, it's one year too long, but Kev, if you have three or four guys on your team that are one year too long, and this one's for 5 million and this one's for 4 million, and this one's for two and a half, eventually you get capped out.
1: I I agree with you, And they got, you know, uh, Duchesne was eight years too long. Johansson was uh, seven years too long, you know, uh, even Ryan Ellis, who was a good player was, uh, you know, he had six years left and that was too much. So, um, yeah, I mean of all the teams to give him a four year deal, I thought it was strange but you know you're also going to be dealing i i think at some point with a new general manager i mean um you know uh Boyle, david boyle's in the 70s uh, you know at some point he's got to address you know his uh, how long he's going to stay so um
0: and and that general manager whoever it is is probably going to have to do a a refurbishing of the predators uh, akin to what uh garen has done in minnesota or bills done in florida there was an exodus of players but i don't know how you can facilitate an exodus of of albatrosses like duchene and Johansson. those are tough contracts to move
1: oh impossible and i i thought to Johansson when you go look at his buyout uh it isn't as onerous as you would think it would be um, right uh, especially if you wait one more year, um, but uh, Duchesne's is a mess, you know, so, um, you know, I, they're stuck with him forever and a day. I mean, I that's almost as bad as Skinner in Buffalo, in my
0: opinion. Yeah. yeah, the the signing, well, I'm looking at Johansson's right now. Johansson, if bought out right now, uh, would be a $2.6 million Two point six six million dollar cap hit for eight years. So uh, after eliminating one more year, I, I, I there's no mechanism to to adjust it. But I'm assuming it would only be six years and it'll be less of a cap hit over here. Right. So that's not that's not ridiculous. I was gonna say,
2: Kev. Mark in the chat room said Lula Murillo is is over seventy. Are you gonna tell him? He's got to step down soon because of his age. No, Lou, Lou and,
1: da- and David Poyle are two different uh, personalities, two different guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think ownership in uh, Long Island is different than ownership in Nashville. Oh, I man. mean, I may, I may have some information here on that where I can oh. say that at some point, you know, okay. he's he's going to, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think it'll be this season. But. But, I, I mean, the point in the chat room is well taken. I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of guys. You know, Jim Rutherford's in the 70s and still wants to get back into it. Yeah, and Dale Talon was in his 70s when he left uh, uh, the Panthers. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd say 72 or 73 is the new 65. <laughs> so okay. I guess is what I would say.
0: Uh, and, and Matt Duchesne's buyout is 10 years, the first – five, it ranges from 2.5 to 6.5. So there's really not much saving and that's because there's heavy signing bonus over the five remaining years of the contract. So yeah, that's a boat anchor. That really is a bad one. Yeah. Um, The other contract from today that uh, occurred was the settlement of Kevin Fiala on a one year deal. The uh the and we we know this. When it comes to arbitration, as soon as the figures are released, there's 99 times out of 100 there's a settlement. And with yeah. Fiala it was The the uh, the wild came in at four he came in at six and a quarter and it was right down the middle 5.1 for one year and you know based on the fact he's had two consecutive 20 goal seasons he had 40 points last year in a uh, shortened season and is one of the better forwards on the wild after coming over in that deal from Nashville. This is a pretty fair fair um, compromise cap.
1: Yeah. Yeah it is. But you know this takes us right back to the Predators. Um, you know, when they had to make a choice about who they were going to keep and they bet against Fiala, and, boy, they bet wrong, Um, you know, uh, because they sure could use a guy like Fiala right now, Um, you know. So um, that was a bad decision on it. Uh, You know, Fiala has, uh, you know, been the players that scouts thought he was going to be when he was first drafted uh, instead of the player that he was in Nashville where he was very inconsistent and really – couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I could never put my finger on why he wasn't working out in Nashville, but he is a guy with with speed and hockey IQ and everything else. This is a good signing in the sense that they got him signed card Kevin. you froze there
0: yeah you froze I yeah this
2: is a big win for kevin fiala though because minnesota is going to really if they have plans for him long term and want to sign him after this year's 25 goal season they're going to you know he's going to take him to the cleaner so this this may help them for this year but it's going to really help fiala down the road
1: yeah and they're dealing obviously with the uh buyouts starting next year that's yeah. going to be you know really uh, difficult for them uh, i did want to bring up uh in addition to these contracts, uh, um, as we've explained before, I also write for Detroit Hockey Now, and my partner in crime there is Bob Duff. And he wrote a fascinating story today that Nadelkovich is eligible, who was a finalist this year for Rookie of the Year, is eligible again uh, yep. for Rookie of the Year next year. Oh. Um, so, uh, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. he's likely going to be – you know carry the load uh, you know I think there'll be somewhat of a split but I'm assuming he'll play 50 games um so you know he'll be a 50 uh 50 game rookie goalie
0: now um, more than likely his statistics uh in front of a sort of young in some places patchwork and others Detroit defense won't be as good as in, in front of the yeah uh, the I, Carolina but
2: yeah,
1: I think that's fair, but I think the defense is going to be improved. Yeah, improved,
2: and Bernier's numbers were pretty good.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Grice, uh, Grice and uh, Bernier's numbers were good last year. Their goaltending actually was uh, was okay uh, last me, year. Let's it go with
2: hypothetical here, Kev. So let's just say he is a finalist for the Calder. How bad does it look for the Hurricanes for not going in on him when, again, they had a chance, they waived him, yeah. Then he brought him back up. He leads him into the playoffs. They then trade him for pretty much nothing because again, right.
1: I agree with you. Nothing. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's crazy the yeah, it, trip that he's gone on. It
1: it shocked me, but I mean, we've seen this before. I have the sense that this was not management as much as coaching um decision. Uh, and uh um, you know, they just wanted to go in a different direction, they had uh, faith and Freddie Anderson. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I guess, uh, you know, money was involved as well. The fear of our All right.
2: So let's take it a step further, Kev. Clearly in Detroit, the coach does not run the team. And I'm not saying that Rob Brindamore runs the team, but he seems to have more input than almost any coach in the league now. And when is it dangerous? You, you, you covered Mike Babcock, yeah. who had a tremendous amount of input. When is it dangerous that the coach has too much input, like maybe even Quenville in Florida? When does that become a deterrent?
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Rod Brendamore and Waddell just have a great relationship. So, right. you know, they talk. But I think Waddell is influenced by how Rod Brindamore, you know, views players. And, yeah. you know, the problem it was in Detroit is – um holland would do things the way he thought they should be done and then um adjusted to it yeah just just did what he wanted to do anyway right so it doesn't bring you know if you bring a guy in it doesn't help if he doesn't play i mean quinville did that um to bowman as well in chicago yeah you know i i remember uh runblad oh, and yeah. in, in, uh turns out he was right about him but uh
0: but he did, that with, he did that with Trevor Daly, too. He did that with Trevor that Daly with, is another
1: guy. great example. They brought him in. He made the decision, he being Quinville, that it didn't it he didn't work in his system, and then he made it much harder for them to move those guys. So,
0: but Russ, this is this is the thing that I'm curious about when it comes to Carolina. Um, you know, there is always a, there's always a case when a new general manager takes over from an old general manager that, you know, he values the guys that he brings into the organization more than the one, the ones that he assumed from the previous administration, but they've, they've taken it to, okay. And I'm just going to go through this quickly here. Hayden Fleury, first round pick, seventh overall, gone Nadjalkovic, second round pick, gone. And these are players that made the NHL, Warren Fogle, third round pick. Gone Sebastian Aho or, or Sebastian Aho, they kept second round pick, no and fifth overall, gone. Uh Jake Bean, f- uh first round pick 13 overall, gone. Goeie gone. Uh they, you know, they've uh Morgan. I think Morgan Geeky is gone. He'd be off the office Yeah, he's he lost the pitch. Uh, but my point is. Okay, there's some normal turnover. We're talking about we're talking about premium prospects and players here, and all of them have been cleared out. Now, it was is that the general manager is yeah. that the coach is that ownership? I think I think
2: ownership has gotten involved in this because I do think it's like a look down the road: who do we value to pay what we feel like we want to pay, and who do we don't? And the ones we don't, we're going to ask our GM now to trade them. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov is going to be the next one that comes up in this list because if he only gets a 3-year bridge instead of that long-term deal that you know that they gave him a short right. short um salary on that he vetoed uh he could be the next one out and and then he walks me where it, it it's it's it does it doesn't help your team because again there's only only so many Svechnikovs that come around in a draft that's yeah. that's the thing
0: and if they sign him to a three-year deal, Kevin, then they're walking him to the doorstep of unrestricted right. free agency. And you know, okay, you'll pay you'll you'll pay less in the short term, but you're going to be paying through the nose if he ends up being the player that we all think he's going to be.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think this is a referendum on what kind of team, uh, in terms of uh, salaries, the Hurricanes are going to be, because you can't lose uh, or even risk Svechnikov. Right. Um, he's too valuable. So, you know, if they won't pay him now, and I don't know why they wouldn't, he's already fully established as a, a dominant force, um, you know, then you're going to have trouble.
0: Yeah, and you have to have to remember that the Sebastian Ajo contract was not signed by Don Waddell or Thomas Dundon. It was signed by Mark Bergevin, and they just matched
2: yeah. it. Well, let me let me ask you this, Kev. At what point do we think is going to be a holdout if he doesn't get this rfa deal signed because to me it's gone further than i thought it would have for a, yeah. a guy of his ilk
1: yeah it's you know the holdouts you know we just don't see them as much anymore um they usually get things done and um it's always in the player's best interest i never really understood um unless you're trying to force a trade but i i don't think they would trade them right. so you know i i just would uh if I was a player, I would just say to the general manager, well, you made your call. You're going to have to live with it. Um, and then just come in and play for whatever you can get on a of best offer. You take a three-year deal, I mean, it, it's then you have all the leverage. So I, I, I think he'll just take that and just as Mike laid out and take him to the doorstep and then, you know, hold the nuclear bomb over their head. Yeah. Pay, pay me more than I'm worth. Or, it sure seems like it's here?
0: going that way. Uh, the only uh, the other uh, other uh, contract, and this is uh, in your neck of the woods, Kev, is Adam Ernie uh, signing a two-year deal at two point one million per. And I heard criticism that you know how the hell is Adam Ernie getting two point one million? Well, it's because Detroit's got a ton of cap space. But he did score eleven goals in forty-five games, so that would equate out almost to 20 goal a twenty-goal year. So that's you know, I I, yeah.
1: I, I I still don't get it though. I mean, I, I projected him based on looking around at guys that were in his ilk at 1.5 million. Right. Um, so they did overpay him. I don't think they paid him because they have cap space because uh, Eisenman guards his cap space. Mm-hmm. I don't just, you know, they you know they they held the line against Glenn Denning. They wouldn't pay Bernier. Um, they played hardball with a lot of guys. Right. But for some reason, uh, you know, they value Ernie. Now, Ernie is a little bit different. They don't have a lot of... Uh, guys that are hard to play against, stronger guys, guys that are good along the boards. And he's pretty versatile. He can slide up and down. He can play on the second line, the third line. Um so you know there is value to him and they were certainly wanted him. And I think even those who think he was overpaid want him on the team. It's just um it, people were surprised that he got two million per season.
2: I think what Iserman's doing like I'll give you in my fantasy pool, like I had drafted Ernie at the beginning. I was a big Adam Ernie guy. But he certainly was going the route of a lot of other power forwards, where it takes a while to to really find your feet footing. And even two years ago, we were hearing rumblings like Adam Ernie's not good enough. But it is starting to take effect, and he is a really strong kid. He has a great wrist shot. He does play around the net. So I, you know what, I look at him and I say, okay, what would you rather do? Would you rather have Adam Ernie, or would you rather go out in the scrap heap? Uh, of, you know, what's out there and sign, I don't know, a 33, 34 year old guy for 1.5 because it makes you happy because it's not over two. I'd still go with the 26 year old that maybe could show me a little bit more since he maybe is a little bit of a late bloomer here.
1: Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't argue that logic. I just thought that, uh, um, you know, just based on comparables, he he wouldn't have gotten 2 million, but, you know, yeah, they, they gave it to
0: him. Maybe it's a
2: reward too, Kev. Like he has been there on not a great team and he hasn't let it affect his game at all for a young player.
1: Yeah. He's improved. There's no
2: doubt. Yeah.
0: And yeah, the, uh, the other contracts, uh, some notable names, uh, Russ, some, uh, first round picks, uh, Sebastian Cosa, William Eklund, Mason McTavish all signed their ELCs. You know, th- th- we have to make sure that people know this doesn't mean that these teams think that these players are going to play this year. Right. For example, Eklund's going to go back to Sweden and play, you know, Cosa to the OHL, McTavish, you know, the. the, the and the contracts slide a year, so you know, they're, you know the teams are going to get the full three years out of their out of their contracts. It doesn't mean that right now they think they're this close to making the NHL. So I don't even think that you know. I mean, obviously Owen Power is not going to play in the NHL until maybe the end of the year after Michigan right. potentially wins a, uh, a national championship. But I, I don't know how many first rounders this year are going to make it.
2: Not too many, but I think they'll be on the back end. I think if Power does go on the back end then i think bernie years will go too if if they both decide to stay one more year then i think they both would stay one more year but i don't think that's going to happen so i think both of those guys could go i think johnson may end up staying one more uh because he has to get physically stronger Mm -hmm. but i look at Eklund and say if he has a big year he could come into the league like he is very very close and for a team like the sharks and a fan base that probably needs a little boost. He, he could really give it to him. You know, guys like Brennan Hoffman, it's just like, hey, you're our top prospect, pat, pat on the back. Well, he's not even their top prospect, but one of them. Pat on the back, you know, go back to the OHL and, and keep proving yourself. Coase is years away because he's a goalie. Yeah, these these things are just more of a function to, most of the time, to pump up the player. The players, you know, and, and look, we have to be real now too, Kev. Everybody's got a video or a picture showing them signing their first contract and it's on social media and it's good press right when you're trying to sell season tickets too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they've uh, probably been here and they been having a hard time in some cities selling these season tickets just because people just don't quite know what's going to happen with COVID or, yeah. you know, uh, so forth. So,
0: um, okay. I wanted to bring this up because I, I was listening to some, um, you know, baseball over the weekend and, uh, I, I mean, I, obviously, you can tell I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm listening to John Sterling and uh, Susan Waldman as I'm doing some uh, out the work outside of the house. And Sterling is in his 80s, but he's still fairly fairly sharp. He's got some problems with his eyes, which apparently uh, uh, affect his play-by-play when he's watching on TV, which is what he's doing. He's sitting in the in the press box or sitting in the booth. At Yankee Stadium watching the game on a monitor and Kev for more than a few times during the game he's losing track of the ball he does he's not following the outfielder like he would follow it if he was at if it was like the game was at the at the at the stadium. There's definitely a difference in the play by play when he's, when he's live at a game, which, you know, he was used to uh, for 162 games a year for however, how many years he he's been broadcasting with the Yankees. Um, and it, it really affected it. It was really like, he didn't, at some points didn't realize that strike three had been called until the batter was walking back to the, to the bench. Now that this is the extreme, but, we know where sports are going post COVID and what I'm concerned with, and we talked about this a couple shows ago about, you know, maybe there wouldn't even be radio broadcasts and it'd be simulcast, but it's still going to affect it if they're simulcasting and it's a road game, say Buffalo versus San Jose and all Dan Dunleavy or Rick Jenneret are doing are sitting in the key bank center broadcast booth and watching the game on TV and Losing track of the puck, it's really going to affect the quality of the broadcast. It when if if the trend that we think is going to happen is followed.
1: Well, I agree. I mean, it can't not affect it. Um, just because uh, you know we've all watched games on television, and sometimes the, the you know the camera loses the puck, mm. um, and you just don't have any idea. I noticed they're they're developing now new skills, the ability. <clears throat> to delay a call and not make it feel like it's a delayed call. Right. Um, yeah. You know, where, you know, they're still sort of <clears throat> kind of talking as if it's all part of it. And I'm leading you to this call. And then finally they get back to where they see what's going on. And then they make the call. It's a real art. I, will you now in baseball have the longest home run calls because, you know, they give you the, it's deep. It's yeah. long. The outfielder's yeah. moving back. Right. It's, out of here you Can't know before it. you know they well
0: kevin so. on, on the weekend sterling you know sterling's you know it is high it is far it is gone or she's gone he did it is high three second pause it is far another three second pause it is caught
1: yeah well we've had a lot of those yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, just yeah. A it, of it's a deep
1: fly ball he's got it
0: yeah. i'll tell you the
2: things that i feel like The fans are losing on here so i've heard more than a few broadcasts, a few hockey more baseball where they'll let you know two or three times that they are not at the away game like they are letting you know this to almost say hey if we foul something up we're just letting you know we're watching it the same as you are and we're trying to call this for you that's one thing uh i've heard this more with baseball now because baseball Uh, generally travels even closer with the team than any other sport that, well, we haven't talked to the players in two years. And I want to tell you, you are losing something with this disconnect from the players and the booth because yes, once in a while they'll interview guys while they're in the dugout and everything, but it's the off times, like Kevin would always say at the practices and all these other things where you pick up a lot of these little tidbits, especially for the radio and TV folks. I used to see them all the time doing these interviews, just talking to the guys. And when you don't have that, it does sort of leave a hollow feeling for the fan at home. Because honestly you get a new pitcher this year, like, you know, name your pitcher, like, you know, Detroit or the Mets, they could tell you what the guy is doing, but they can't really tell you what the guy is like because they're never around them.
0: Right. No, and, and yeah. that, that's true. And even, even the beat reporters are separated by zoom calls. So that's, yeah. like I mean, the, uh, we've all dealt with that the, the last year and a half. And I mean, I'm hopeful that uh, things are going to open up for training camp next month, but you know, I'm, I'm not, a hundred percent sure that that's going to happen. Uh, no, sure but, that, but
2: the away broadcast traveling seems dead now. Yeah.
0: It's, it, it, I think, I think Based it's completely
2: I, on finances. I, th-
0: I think it, that that's the case. That's the case. Kevin, I, like for example, like I, I, I would be surprised, you know, the Yankees are not even sending people. This is the Yankees who have their own network, who make billions of dollars. So if the Yankees are not sending people, then if you're talking hockey and you're talking the Buffalo Sabres or you're talking the New Jersey Devils, then, you know, like I said, Dan Dunleavy is going to be sitting in the press box at Key Bank Center or 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 Rick Jennerette. They're going to be sitting there watching the game on big monitors.
1: Yeah, and it's just so hard to do hockey like that. Uh, I I marvel at the, you know, that they can still uh, do play-by-play, you know, because a lot of them, you you know, really sort of learn the skating styles of people. And it's hard to tell on television sometimes. I mean, you have a a pretty big television um, to get a sense of. uh,
0: Well, the thing thing that makes it more difficult is you know, unless they're getting a feed that is not the feed that we're getting on TV, which I find hard to believe, you know, okay. They could tell like who's carrying the puck based on, okay. The defenseman passes it up the middle. They see the line change. They know what lines on there. They can assume, okay, passes up the middle. It's Jack, it's Jack Eichel or it's Dylan cousins or whoever the center is. Okay. Well, if you're on a, watching it on a monitor it's not giving you the full view of the ice like you would have at the arena. So you don't know, you don't see who you may not see the, or you see the defenseman out of the corner of the screen. You may not see the center getting the puck until it's on his stick. So it cuts off the, your ability to sort of anticipate who's getting the puck. Sometimes they make a mistake and they can't read a number. But that really cuts down on you know, what, what you're going to be getting is more of a TV play-by-play, even if it's on the radio. And on the radio, usually it's more descriptive. And I think that's going completely gone, if it's not because of, uh, of a simulcast them, because of the, where they're doing the broadcasts from. And that's bad. It's really, it's really sad, but, I agree. um, Russ, I want to bring this up cause I saw this on social media today and it just, it really, really irked me. I mean, I, I, I get that everybody, you know, um, the, their own little bit of expression here, but a, a podcast called blue shirts breakaway, which I'm probably giving them more credit than they deserve. They purchased a billboard on the throughway near as they called it in their tweet, KeyBank Arena, okay, Jamokes. It's KeyBank Center. So if you're going to purchase a billboard, I hope you got the name of the arena right. But essentially, this is—it it was a uh, um, a call for the Sabers to get off their rear ends and trade Jack Eichel. I yeah. mean, yeah. Go ahead. You take <laughs> it. For that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this. I think they these guys got this from like the Jets fan base because the Jets fan base has been known to have flyovers. And, you know, you get that plane with the big banner and whatever they're annoyed at, they do or they buy or they buy a a billboard. So it's not like it's never been done before. Of course, it's been done before. I I just think they did want to get some notice. And it's not going to matter to the Rangers. It's not going to matter to the Sabres. It's not going to matter to the Eichel trade. Everybody talks about it. They can they can have some fun. These guys saved up for it. Good for them. But if Eichel gets traded to another team, you flushed your money down down the toilet and you okay. could have done something else
0: with it. And that's what's foolish about this. And Kev, the thing is, I don't see any flexibility here. I think the Sabres have their heels dug in. Eichel's got heels, his heels dug in. I don't know where this breaks loose.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, you know, uh, I I know they feel like they've, they've got to get hit a home run with the return on this, and I think that's pretty much what's driving all this and they feel like they have the leverage on it because they have him under contract and if he doesn't show up they don't even have to pay him um so you know unless uh, you know and and they can really make him get medical care how they want to do it i I don't know why they would do that but uh that's the way that uh, they seem to want to play this
0: well i get the interpretation that they want to make whoever they trade eichel to to make the decision on the on the medical situation because by them saying you're not going to be allowed to do the disc replacement that's holding everything in abeyance they won't they you know it, it, he can't do anything without their say so right. so right now it's stuck and he he, he will not do the fusion surgery because he doesn't believe that's the right way to go so right now it's again that's are it's loggerheads they're not they're not uh, they're stuck
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it's a a bad situation because, you know, it's just going to be such a horrible season uh, for Buffalo. You know, I mean, we talk so much about uh, uh, Eichel that, you know, we tend to forget. I know the fans of Buffalo have forgotten that they, you know, they got rid of Ristolainen and Reinhardt as well. Um, And they've got some good young players, but you're not replacing those three.
2: So in in six weeks, do we think he's going to be skating at, at camp? No. Sure. I, I, I don't, I don't they're think. Gonna have to do something before camp just to get rid of that story. Right, Cap? Otherwise, it's going to be a horrible story when camp opens.
1: Well, I mean, there's not much they, they can do unless they let him get surgery. Because he's right. going to say, he's going to say, I'm injured still. Right. Um, and then they've got to pay him. And, you know, then he's going to feel he's got the leverage if they're paying him and he's not playing. So
0: I don't think he played. Okay. I don't at this point, I don't think he plays another game as a saber. And he probably doesn't play until December because he'll have to recover from the surgery.
1: Well, yeah, but he, I don't. I don't think he'll get the surgery if you know he's not going to get the fusion surgery. So. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm saying, I'm saying he's going to have to get traded before he has the surgery, and then who knows how long it will take for them to trade him. So then there's say it could be six weeks to two months at least to recover from the surgery. So he prob- he could probably not even play until December or January. I mean I-, I don't know. It's just it's- I
2: mean, Kev, you know what? Honestly, if a trade wasn't made this week, I would basically just say as as the uh, the GM of the Sabers, okay, you're on the IR, and that's it
1: yeah yeah well, i mean you're gonna to have to pay him but you know they've got where are they at now in terms of the floor of the cap um, um
0: they that's are, good question well and then that's the thing that they they will count eichel's con see this is why they won't right. they will count eichel's contract against the cap you know they right. put them on ltir they'll put them on ir because they're not nowhere yeah, right. the IR. yeah they're right now they are at 52 million so they have 28 million in cap space so they have to get I think they have to get up to 60 60 right I mean, so Eichel will do that <laughs> right so they well, can't no. yeah no, they'll just right. pan and he won't play no right the 52 is with Eichel oh, oh boy that's what. So that's what. That's why I was saying. It's like I, I was expecting them to do a Koskinen deal or or take on some bad contract. Some. I mean, they. You know, they could trade. They, they can
2: just pay the penalty. From what
0: I read, they're not the going to pay the penalty, Ross. Hold on, hold on. But from what I
2: read, the penalty is somewhere between a million and a million and a half bucks. At some point, could the Sabers just say, "Go ahead, Gary. Just you know, penal, penalize us.
0: Who cares." <laughs> I don't think it's po- I don't think it's possible. Why? Well, okay. Yeah, nobody's ever done I it. I, I don't know, know.
1: I don't know what the uh, how that works. would um, yeah. be interesting to know.
0: I know that, I know like if a team is over the cap, they basically are not allowed to, they, they begin to forfeit games if they're over the cap. They can't, right. they're not eligible to play. So, I'm, you know, I mean, they could end up trading for a draft pick or something, or and not actually not even trading anything at all, to at Anaheim for Ryan Kessler, and that's $7 million in cap space right, right there. You know what I'm saying? They can right. rent, rent an IR player for a year. Um, that's a that's a possibility. Um, one question in the chat before we end the show, Cameron. Oh, I
2: thought we were doing the the uh, Boston. Project. Oh, let's
0: do Bo- let's do Boston first. Okay, yeah, the uh, two players uh, for the Bruins in our so series.
2: The one thing I have to stress to the Bruins fan base, because you've been a very successful team, the lack of really high end offensive talent is yeah. very apparent in your system. So the two guys that I'm picking are the ones that have a chance to have that high end offensive talent, which means they're not playing in the NHL right now, but they could be soon, but they're not. And so number one is Fabian Lysel. Now he is a guy who's tremendously fast, has a great shot, may have had the best shot in this past draft. You know, People didn't love the way he left his team one time. There was a whole thing behind that. So there's a reason, that's part of the reason why he dropped a bit in the draft because you know he didn't do great in interviews there was there was a few things but the talent is there and he could be on the power play he the minute he gets the puck in the offensive zone he's an instant threat and this is the kind of player that the bruins need they don't really have young players like that anymore and at some point when you reshuffle the deck you're going to have to have those guys so so he is a good guy to keep an eye on because, you know, you are probably talking about two or three years away, he's going to get stronger and all those things. The Bruins tend to over-marinate, um, but his talent may actually get him there a little faster. Um, the other one is, is Jakob Lauko. Uh, people may have forgotten about him. Third rounder from, from 2018, but had a real good year in the Czech league, had a better year with Providence, 19 points in 23 games. He's got speed. He plays hard in the corners. He's a guy that you hit him, he gets, he gets up with the puck. He he sometimes will score with that. He's got a decent shot. He's not like a tremendous offensive player, but he's got at least some speed and some grit and some more, probably a little bit more of a high-end base than even a a Studnika has or has shown so far. So I think Lauko may be that guy who gets there at 22 and 23, and then maybe at that point, you know, you can really see something. They right now, they they still could could slow down some of these guys' development, and he he's a guy that you should keep an eye on.
0: Russ, do you think B, uh, John Beecher, who was their first round pick, and it was their first round pick in twenty nineteen Do you think he's go, sort of going down the same road that uh, uh, Trent Frederick is going? Being you know, yeah, I think
2: I think Beecher, and and I do think he, and this is the thing. Look, when you're picking late like the Bruins have been, they're picking guys they believe can play in the NHL. And I believe John Beecher will play in the NHL. Whether he's a third or fourth liner, he's probably a fourth liner. But he he's strong. He has grit. He has a good shot. His speed is more like straight line speed. So he, he's still working on that. But, yeah, I do believe he'll play in the NHL. And I think those are the kinds of guys that now the Bruins are loaded with and they've got to go for the higher end. And this year they did with Lysel. So that's, you know. Russ, is
1: Lysel going to the Western Hockey League? I think I heard, heard
2: that he could. Um, it would be an interesting move to get him over here in North America and, and do that. I think, I think that could go a long way to showing. Because if he burns up the dub, then, then you're talking about a quicker uh, ascension here.
0: Uh, question from Cameron Young, uh, do you think that Zdeno Chara will find a place to play? I've heard Florida, Washington, and the Islanders. Does he want to play? Yes, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the other question. I, I
1: thought he did uh, at the end of last season, but you know, I'm surprised that we've kind of gone this late. But, There's you know,
2: no we, news, Ted. There's zero news on Zdeno Chara. I've been looking for weeks and months, I know. and I know. short of getting someone to knock on his door where he lives, there's no way of finding
1: us out right But i I would assume you know he he still played pretty well last season so
0: yeah
1: i don't know why i wouldn't
0: let's just say this he's not going to a team on a pto it's either he's getting a contract and he's getting some sort of promise of playing time or he's gonna say forget this
1: yeah and let's uh, remind everyone too because i always have to go through this every year ptos are favors
0: if yeah, if yeah. a
1: guy signs a PTO with Vancouver, it doesn't mean Vancouver's interested in signing him mm-hmm. it Means his agent might, might has some sort of relationship there or whatever. Guys just want to go somewhere so they can play to work out. You know, we've already had a bunch of people in Detroit talking about a few guys they hear about PTO and his yeah. eyes have been interested. No, I mean, they did, the, the teams like to have guys in camp as well. Every once in a while there is one. Yeah. that they've talked to but yeah
2: rj umberger was a great one because um he went with the rangers they didn't sign him he signs with philly and he was a really good player like rj man. Umberger had 20 game 20 goal seasons
1: yeah but, I, but fans just tend to want to connect that player with that team that he's went on a pto and yeah most of the time that isn't the case
0: yeah the mason raymond signed a pto with the Leafs. And the reason he did is because Dave Nonis was the GM, GM in Vancouver and had, I think, drafted Mason Raymond in Vancouver. And, mm. the, and he had a good camp, and the Leafs signed him, and he had a good year, and then he went on and got a contract someplace else. I mean, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it ends up like Henrik Talinder, who the Leafs brought in on a PTO. He got hurt and never and never played again. So it's it's really hit or miss. The Leafs brought in Josh Hosang. Do you think that Josh Hosang is going to play for the Leafs this year? Yeah. At most, he's going to play for the Marlies on an AHL contract. I can't see him signing an NHL deal, but we'll see. All right. Good I show. Can I answer
2: one more question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. Go ahead. Yeah. Johnny uh, Red was asking, why aren't the Rangers trading like one of their young defensive prospects for a center? Well, they're they're in deep with the Eichel thing. So I think that is a great distraction right now. And the fact that Zibanejad and Strom both have only one year left in their contract is another problem. I think this is a next year thing that will happen. But right now they're just short at the center position. And this is why I don't think they can get really far this year, even with Eichel, they could make the playoffs if they get Eichel and he's healthy and he plays, sure. But getting far with him and Strom, it's it's, it's only slightly better than what you have now. So you're only going to go slightly further. And then next year, there's no guarantee Strom's coming back. Cause if he has another really big year with Panarin, then you know he's going to look for bigger money so it all depends how that part of it works out too but right now i don't see it happening
0: all right uh great show guys we'll be back uh tomorrow with another edition of the hockey buzzcast for kevin allen for russ cohen i'm michael Ajello. thank you for watching and remember without the buzz it's just hockey lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office.